On this episode of High Flow Lifestyle, I continue my chat with Christian Straka about mindfulness and flow, and we learn about his idea of micro-hits in motion and changing people's image of meditation. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Smith, and welcome to the High Flow Lifestyle Podcast. It's my privilege to be your peak performance and flow coach with this episode. Each week, you'll hear mind-blowing interviews, as well as actionable tips and strategies for accessing flow for optimal human performance, heightening creativity, intuition, and productivity, and most importantly, living a healthier and happier life. Now let's dive into your next dose of practical flow training. Christian Straka has developed a unique approach to mindset training through methodologies for applying evidence-based mindfulness techniques in sports. Christian has been practicing mindfulness for many years and is also now teaching and coaching mindfulness. For the past decade, his focus turned to mindset training for peak performance through evidence-based mindfulness skill development, which he incorporates in his function as the global mindset coach for Adidas runners, as well as his personal and corporate clients. So... I'm wondering, I mean, you, you work with uh, Adidas and a number of other professional athletes. And in the beginning, are they coming to you with open arms about the aspect of meditation and mindfulness? Um, or do you have to educate them on the side that this sort of almost spiritual side of things is equally important to the high performance side of things? Mm hmm. Do people naturally make that connection or is there a bit of um, struggle there? Well, um, there are a lot of misconceptions mm. about meditation because meditation is such a broad term yeah. that nobody really, like the general person, actually knows what it means. They have like this idea of what it means, but they actually like have no idea. Mm. And if you talk to somebody who knows what meditation is and you tell them you meditate, then they actually don't know exactly what you're doing because it just means it's like saying I'm doing sport. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. <laughs> like it's narrowed down, but like, what are you doing? You know, are you running? Are you going to the gym? Are you playing tennis? Are you playing mm -hmm. golf? I mean, it's so versatile. So when you're meditating, you know, people have this idea that you're like sitting uh, in silence with your eyes closed. You have a, maybe a you know singing bowl going on in the background and you're sitting preferably in a full lotus position and everything is peaceful externally and internally of course you know there's absolutely no thoughts and you feel great you're very relaxed like now you're meditating and anything that i just mentioned has zero to do with meditation <laughs> That's just um, certain circumstances that are present. You know, there might be something pleasant. You might, your mind might become great. There might be silence outside. Great. Your eyes are closed. Nice. You can sit cross-legged. Fantastic. Um, certain things are more, um, you know, beneficial for certain goals that you might have. Um, and others make things more difficult. But when you're doing a mindfulness meditation to be specific, right? Then we are now more like, ah, you're doing a mindfulness meditation. Now I know, what do I know? I know you're using these three skills. Okay. So when you're using these three skills, you can do that in any situation in your life, basically. Mm -hmm. So um, 
the big misconception that some people have is that they feel like meditation is something separate from life, from their general life, right? Like mm -hmm. they need to take care of their kids. And like, you know, they really struggle when they're uh, running a marathon and, you know, they hit mile 15 and then they hit the wall. And um, it's like, now, um, actually, that's when you want to use those skills and preferably even before that. So mm -hmm. what I am doing is I am helping people to kind of see through this um, idea that is, you know, proliferated by whatever, you know, in the world, social media, certain people say it in the news. It's like imagery, you know, you, every time somebody's meditating, you see them sitting. So, but then the article about it might say something that is very accurate, but still the image it already gives you this idea like, oh yeah, if you're meditating, you're in stillness and you're closed and you're like in the certain position. Mm -hmm. So um, one of my initial uh, um, kind of activities is always to explain to people what I'm kind of doing right now is like, you're using th three skills intentionally, simultaneously. Mm -hmm. You have those skills. Everybody has those skills who's, mentally healthy. And now you have the ability to train them if you want to. And if you will train them in a systematic way, then over time they will improve. There's no way they will not improve. It's impossible. Um, and if you will not use them intentionally, then they will just hover, you know? Um, so that's like the big first step. And when people understand that, which hasn't happened so far um, <laughs> that somebody didn't like, uh, yeah, every, I mean, of course you can pay attention. Like, you know what it's like to direct your attention to my voice right now, mm -hmm. or you can move your attention to the hand instead. That's your concentration. You direct attention to this, to that, to this, you have that skill. You can keep your attention here for two seconds. And now I use this hand and all of a sudden I directed your attention here unwillingly. So now you can develop the skill to keep your attention here, even though it doesn't matter what I'm doing over there. So there's all these subcategories, right, of concentration. Um, and when people get that, that they're like, oh, yeah, they have that skill, but it's not that as good as they would like it to have. They're like, yeah. oh, yeah, of course this would be good for me. If I do this, like I, you can come up with an infinite amount of situations where <laughs> these three skills were not in your favor. They were not really working for you. Mm -hmm. And then you were kind of like at their mercy, so to speak. And, you know, yeah. that's kind of where it goes. Yeah. I, I think even from the basic premonition or the realization that, you know, there is such a thing as moving meditation. Um, a lot of times people are like, well, I assumed you had to be sitting Lotus somewhere, you know, but you know, there's, there's so many different forms of meditation. Yeah. Well, you could describe that as forms of practice. Mm. Okay. So just like when you go, um, and you play tennis. Okay. You need to practice different aspects of the game. You would need to work on your technique. You need to work on strategy. You need to work on your stamina. You need to work on your explosivity, on your flexibility, on your coordination and so forth. Right. And there's different forms of practice for each of those kind of different elements. Mm -hmm. And when you are developing these three skills, you can also do it in different ways. So let's say what people generally thought of that's when I'm meditating, you would describe that as formal practice in stillness. 
Okay. So formal practice just means we define it as you're doing it for 10 minutes or longer. And in stillness, it's just, you're still, you know, you're not doing anything. You're not engaging with the world, mm -hmm. but you can, you don't have to be sitting. You do not have to have your eyes closed. You can have your eyes open. You can be standing, you can be in a chair, lying on the sofa, whatever, right? It doesn't matter. You can be on the beach and just doing that. Um, you can also, however, do almost the opposite and which is what I focus on. That is the main form of practice that I teach is micro hits in motion. So micro hits just means that you're using these three skills for 10 minutes or less. So you can use it for one minute, five minutes, 15 seconds, whatever. And in motion means that you are definitely not still. You're mm. running. You're doing the marathon. You are doing yoga. You are playing tennis. You are, um, you know, cooking. I mean, mm. it doesn't matter. You can do it in any situation in your life. And you just need to um, be knowledgeable enough and comfortable with different techniques. Of course, mm. you can't do the same technique in every situation, right. but that's where the system comes in. Um, and when you understand that system and you're um, comfortable with it, then you can apply one technique when you're doing the marathon or a whole bunch of techniques. Mm -hmm. And there's a bunch of other techniques that you would do maybe when you're playing tennis. Um, so in that way, you're right from the get-go incorporating meditation into a specific mindfulness meditation or to rephrase it you're right away from the get-go incorporating using these three skills mm. and training them and using them intentionally in any situation that you choose that you mm. think would be beneficial where you want to practice it or where you want to reap benefits from it and that's what you consider the the micro hits yes micro hit is just less than 10 minutes of using these three skills intentionally at the same time. Mm, okay. That's great. So then I, I assume that in the terms of running a race or something like that, you would have a different strategy or is this sort of micro hit on repeat? Like if you have a, you know, a half hour or, or an endurance type race. Yeah. I mean, um, um, the micro hit means you're doing it for less than 10 minutes and you can definitely do it multiple times. So if you're starting off and you've never done this, let's say you do a micro hit for one minute and you do it every mile. So if you're running a marathon, uh, you got 26 miles. So you do it 26 times one minute. Overall, you have now already meditated 26 minutes, which is long really for the, you know, a first timer, but one minute even if you have never done these uh, exercises, anybody can do. Anybody, right from the start. No issue at all. I've done it with hundreds and hundreds of people. I've explained it to them for five minutes. While we're running, they go on the run, they start doing it, and they're doing it perfectly. No issue whatsoever. So, um, yes, when you are, however, then getting more versatile and you're not only able to practice one technique, but you can practice five techniques or 20 techniques, or you even have the ability to come up with your own technique, depending on what the challenge is right now mm -hmm. that you're struggling with while you're running, um, then you will, you know, practice certain techniques depending on what you're dealing with right now to be able to optimize your performance. That's the whole point of using these three skills, you know, in the moment is in order to not be so affected by 
um, how out of breath you are mm. or by your mind telling you like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this. I have to slow down. And so you can take the mind for what it is, which is, you know, just a device, so to speak, that generates content in that case. Okay. To very much simplify it. Mm -hmm. And you don't give it too much importance. And now you direct your attention to something else, or you even have the ability to switch out what's going through your mind. Mm. So uh, turning our attention a little bit to your, your, daily life. So you're, you know, you work uh, mental performing, mental performance coaching. And I guess what, what does that look like? Is this part time or, or how often or how, what's the duration that you work with a client for that? It's definitely full time. I have, um, you know, every day, eight clients basically, mm. um, four times a week. So that's a big part of my day. And each client is an hour, basically, you know, some clients are two hours, then I have less than eight that day. And, um, I do the same thing with my individual clients. Um, whether it's just like this on zoom, whether right. it's in real life on the tennis court, mm -hmm. whether it's with Adidas and with bigger groups, um, or with other companies, um, or with the app developer, like it's always basically finding different ways and avenues to help people um, understand what those skills are, um, understand how techniques work and allow them to practice these techniques, like basically from the get-go. Mm. And I, I'm assuming you've had to sort of adjust your model a little bit to the, you know, the changing times and pandemic that we've been in doing a little more online than maybe well, in the past. Actually, um, yes, but in the way that I very much wanted to. Nice. So I was able to do much more online because online you can reach many more people. Mm. Um, so, you know, I still do everything in person um, that I did before. Oh, not everything in person. I don't do anything that has to do with groups anymore in person, mm -hmm. um, but one-on-one -on -one in person. And then, you know, if you're on the tennis court, you're like 40, 60 feet apart outside. It's kind of like the, one of the safe activities luckily that you can do. So you, I can, I do it there still that hasn't changed, but it definitely has significantly, um, upticked how much online stuff I do. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like a change that happened for in 2020. I wanted to take a second to share an upcoming opportunity with you. I help people who are a little stuck or aspiring to go to that next level of success in life, unlock your hidden human potential so you can achieve your dreams faster. I realized the best way to do this is to launch a membership group with support from a community of like-minded people. In the membership, you'll have access to courses you can go through at your own pace. There'll be live peer group coaching, as well as one-on-one -on -one flow coaching options privately with me. I'll be offering early bird pricing you get to keep for life to members of the newsletter first. So sign up at highflowlifestyle.com where I'll keep you updated on the lower priced early bird membership access. I'll also send you my flow tips for optimal human performance and happiness. Now back to the show. 
the people that you're working with, I mean, do you get into much of the extra baggage that they may be bringing to the scene? Um, you know, people having to go with, you know, to go through more problems in their personal life that are affecting their high performance. Do you get into that area much? Mm, no, not really. And they also don't bring it very much. You know, they they might bring it initially, um, but then we're so much focused on what we're doing. And it is also like it's an activity, it's sport, like they enjoy it, they want to do it, they're motivated. You know, it's not like I'm working with anybody at all, ever that right. doesn't want to do what like we're doing together mm-hmm. you know it's not like maybe going to school where they're like like half of the kids might be the force that i want to yeah. be there it's like everybody's kind of very interested and into it and wants to do this so that um, because of that intrinsic motivation on their end it makes it easier for them to you know drop whatever challenges might be happening for this 30 minutes or two hours or whatever time frame it might be yeah um which is a great you know kind of experiential knowledge they are acquiring that like, oh, they have this skill. Like, even though there's something going on in my life right now that is really challenging and I have a knot in my stomach just like thinking about it. But if I turn my attention to this and I really am able to pay attention to it, like, it's like this other thing is not happening anymore. And the reason they're able to do it in that case is because they're actually not trying to avoid what's happening. They're not trying Mm -hmm. to suppress it. They just like turn their attention away from what's happening and to something that is important for the moment. Right. Focusing on the present. Exactly. Well, I mean, the present, you could focus on the present, turn to your mind and your mind is just thinking about that situation. And you're still in the present. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're never not in the present. Mm -hmm. Um, So the present is is like a little bit of a tricky kind of term for me, Mm -hmm. Um, even though a lot of people use it because they think you cannot be present. No, you cannot be present. That is accurate, but you cannot not be in the present moment. The only thing that could be is that you're not realizing that you're in the present moment, which means you're caught off by daydreaming, you know? Mm. Um, But if you're daydreaming and you know that you're daydreaming, well, you're in the present moment, Mm. you know? Right. And now you realize it again. So um, in that case, whatever is happening starts to have less power over them. They're able to be cool, you know, with this challenge at home or at work. And now they fully commit to what's happening. Mm. With such a mind-body connection in sports or whatever it is, do you find yourself delving into uh, exercise and nutrition or do you focus more only on the mental? I focus more on the mental. Um, You know, if you, nutrition is a very complex subject um, and in order to be an expert there, you need to spend significant amount of time on, you know, everything related to nutrition and the human body. And it's very important to me personally. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I eat very healthy. I educate myself, but nowhere to the degree that I would be, um, 
you know, an expert in kind of explaining to people what they should or shouldn't be doing or what they mm -hmm. are doing, you know, might not be helpful for them for what reasons. Um, that's not, you know, what I'm implementing. Then mm -hmm. I have an amazing team and friends, a team in terms of like people that I kind of work with mm -hmm. um, that are all in the similar kind of situation that I am. You know, there might be entrepreneurs, coaches, nutritionists, and so forth. They have their own clientele. And um, anytime somebody has an issue like that or has interest in uh, nutrition, then I have a few people that I will um, refer them to. Mm. And then they get really expert advice. Was there ever a time that you sort of had an aha moment of insight or followed some intuition to solve a problem? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's actually pretty frequent. Um, that's one of the effects of using these three skills and training them mm -hmm. is that you will have these insights, these aha moments, actually pretty frequently. Mm -hmm. um, Another way to look at this is, again, everybody has those aha moments without realizing them because the mind is so cluttered uh, if you don't develop the mind in a lot of times mm -hmm. that um, if there is an idea in your head that is creative, that just comes from somewhere that you came up with, it, you can't recognize it. There's so much other stuff. Your attention is scattered all over the place. So even if there is some, it's like you're driving by, uh, you know, a nice coastal line and there's like this beautiful sunset um, with palm trees and like it's there, but you can't see it because all you're doing is you're in an argument with um, your friend in the car. Mm. So it's a little bit uh, like that, you know, just using a metaphor. So mm -hmm. once you're developing your mind and one of the effects of developing these three skills is that you will be more frequently for longer periods of times, be able to pay attention to certain aspects, including your mind. Mm. And then you will also be able to more clearly distinguish like between what's happening. Are those thoughts auditory? Are they visual? They will be more, more easily detectable for you. Mm. You know, it's not just like you're thinking for 10 minutes and then you're finished thinking You might have been daydreaming and you can't remember anything. You're like, what was I thinking about? Mm -hmm. It's going to be more like, you know exactly what you're thinking about. One of mm -hmm. the misconceptions again, where people, when they start to sit down, they're like, I can't clear my mind. My mind is so full of thoughts. Like I can't do this. We're like, well, that's exactly what happens. Your, your job is not to clear your mind, to ha not mm -hmm. have thoughts. Your job is to notice that you have thoughts and try to be okay with them. Um, and when you pay enough attention to them for long enough, then eventually they will not have so much power over you. And simultaneously, you will be able to really tell like, oh, there's negative thoughts. Ah, there's positive thoughts. Oh, that's an interesting thought. So, you know, with the, with the training, you kind of start to have these ideas. A lot of them are kind of like, what's that? <laughs> yeah. Let's just like, you know, we put that in a, that's a weird uh, thought. Mm -hmm. uh, we just let that be there. That's fine. And sometimes you have a thought, you're like, oh, that's an interesting thought. And then, you know, you talk about it with a colleague, your friend, your partner, um, whatever happens. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned sunset and tree line, and I'm wondering, um, a connection with nature really makes us like happier, healthier, and more creative. Uh, maybe in terms of running, if, if you've noticed a difference of, you know, when you 
run on a trail versus, you know, running on a track or something like that. Yeah. For me personally, speaking out of personal experience, I love nature. And actually, um, there's certain um, natural environments that have a much more positive impact on me than others. Mm. So if some, if it's very warm, hot and lush ocean uh, has a very positive impact on me. Nice. Um, and if it's kind of cold, snowy stone kind of, you know, kind of, uh, scenery more like maybe in England, uh, Northern California, uh, or the mountains doesn't have that much of a positive impact on me. Mm-hmm. Um, so also one of the insights that you gain, you know, of course, if I'm on a mountain and it's like a beautiful mountain, it's still something that has a positive impact on me, yeah. but it has a, it's a different degree of intensity of how enjoyable it is for me. Right. If I'm somewhere in, in the jungle, it's absolute ecstasy for me. Wow. Um, so that's just on a personal level, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. on a, from a more scientific perspective is there actually have been, um, a decent amount of studies that are suggesting, um, the beneficial, um, effects that being in nature and running in nature versus running in the city, for example, have on people. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, you know, something pretty common right now. And you can see it, you know, even during the pandemic, when people go on a hike, if they have a chance, they will go on a hike in nature, even if it's in the city or through the park and they won't go around the building block 15 times. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I see, you know, you've found a connection to, to water maybe with the ocean. Has that, you know, drawn you into any water sports? No. No. And not even the slightest. I'm not good. I'm not good at swimming. I have never surfed, water skied, um, a little diving, a little uh, scuba diving. That was very enjoyable, but never got into it. Yeah. Well, Always just being because, near it. Yeah. Yeah. I just can just be there. Yeah. That's plan. That's very enjoyable for me, but I don't need to a lot of a couple of um, kind of uh, challenging experiences with the ocean. Mm-hmm. So I was like, there's like this respect because mm-hmm. of a lack of understanding of how the ocean behaves, right. um, where the dangers are and not. Um, and again, I haven't put enough in enough time to understand, you know, how to deal with the ocean um, safely that I kind of just um, live next to it. Yeah. Well, Christian, what's uh, one of your recent creative pursuits? You know, I'm continuously uh, with my company, MindSize. Um, we are now coming up with the first MindSize teacher training workshop. Mm-hmm. So if you want to become a MindSize coach, a mindfulness coach for athletes, then this is our teacher training certification. So that's the culmination of it. Um, kind of after a, you know, roughly a year, if you go through that, and that's something you also want to teach to other people. So that's very enjoyable. And then I'm working on another project also right now. We're in the early phases um, where our premise, um, the essence of what we are trying to do is we are trying to help people to be able to help more people with this 
a new idea that I'm working on and business that we have started and are about to launch. Um, the fundamental essence of what we are trying to do is we're trying to help people to be able to help more people. So we are focused on all of the coaches, wellness instructors, meditation coaches, um, physical therapists, psychotherapists, um, you know, Pilates instructors, whatever it is that you do to help other people, um, you are basically our focus. We want to make your life easier um, in order to be able to do what you do best. And we're starting here in LA um, with our first location. Um, and um, we already have a lot of really great people on board that are all very like-minded. They have this, you know, this is at the heart of everything. It's like, if you want to, if you really are interested in helping other people um, so they can help even more people, then like we are in the right uh, boat together. Nice. And that's very, uh, that's also a very fun and passionate project of mine. That's great. That's great. And finally, is there anything that you'd like to share with everyone about how you develop or sustain a high flow lifestyle? Um, yeah. I mean, easy said, uh, not so easily done is you train these skills that, um, you know, allow you to be in this high heightened state of mind. Okay. Let's say when the skills are elevated. Um, and if you're not going to put in a certain amount of time and do it systematically, you will experience it sporadically and not, you know, consistently for longer periods of times. So put in the time to train these skills, understand how to train them. If you want to do it for sports, feel free to go to mindsizesports.com on my website where that's exactly what I teach. Um, but there's a lot of other fantastic places where you learn that also if you're not looking so much for um, being able to develop these skills for sports. Um, and yeah, that's what I would be happy if anybody you know who is interested in doing that now kind of has a way. It's like, ah, okay, now at least... If I want to do it, I know how to get there. Right. Well, that's great. Well, it's been great chatting with you today, Christian. And I think you've given a lot of great advice and strategies for people. Um, so thanks for being a guest today. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to another episode. And if you enjoyed the show, please stop by Apple Podcasts and review and subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. And help us spread the importance of leading a high-flow lifestyle by telling a friend and sharing on social media. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Now go put some of this flow state training to work and live your life to its fullest. And I'll see you shortly on the next episode or inside the community at highflowlifestyle.com.